Welcome back in Fresh Football Takes fans. Uh, the show is back. We are here. We are going to be talking about week five. Got all the matchups on deck except for the Thursday night game, which we will be discussing during our review show, obviously, because it happened yesterday, so there's nothing to preview. And by yesterday, I mean Thursday, because today is Saturday. Uh, I'm going to let uh, Mike Keegan take over here so I can, uh, I guess, regain my thoughts here. What's yes, up, today is Saturday, a special Saturday morning preview of tomorrow's games. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Fresh Football Takes. Uh, was a rocky road last episode but hey we're right back to it yes we did fire the engineer after hearing the uh poor quality of the episode craig is out and we have hired his replacement ollie ollie is in craig is out hoping for some uh better engineering skills here with this episode and moving forward yeah i think ollie um you know he's carefully vetted uh we put him through a rigorous interview process and um i think we have a winner on our hands so uh expect more quality audio that you've come to know and expect from fresh football takes yes i agree so ollie please don't let us down as you see we are not afraid to fire people on the spot so uh you're up and we're hoping that you can maintain the job but either way you can find us on twitter at fresh football Hashtag Fresh Football Takes. Facebook is at Fresh Football Takes. I am at AQ Fresh. Keegan is at Keegan RH. Follow him for some horror movie marathon madness for the month of October. He's got that going on. And then you can follow us as well as the show anywhere for some football. It's where we post the episodes. Every now and again, we post some polls. Uh, we'll post some of our takes that don't make the show. Because unfortunately, we can't talk forever and get everything we want out during the show. Or else, uh, we could talk for football. We could talk about football for hours on end. And we just can't do that here on the show. So that's where you can get all of our extra banter and interact with us. The wonders of social media. It's a blessing and a curse. Blessing and Ble a curse. Absolutely. Um, so with that, let's jump right in. How's that sound? Jump right into week five. All right, man. I'm Absolutely. ready. Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. All right. So we've got the one o'clock games up first, as always. And this first game is a battle of the defeated and the undefeated. The New England Patriots are traveling to DC to face the Washington Redskins. And Keegan, I want to know what you are looking for for in this game as you're watching uh let's see new england versus washington um the haves versus the have nots as in have not won a game yet as in have not any talent on their football team no but i'm really looking at uh colt mccoy um mm. the third quarterback being used this year by jay gruden uh yeah, Case Keenum couldn't get the job done. Dwayne Haskins, maybe in a little bit of an unfair situation, didn't look the greatest. So now we see what Colt McCoy can do. Maybe he can pull off an upset. No, I'm not even going to say that with a straight face. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just interested <laughs> no. to see if he can make them look, at the very least, competent or like an actual football team. Uh, but let's be honest, we know what the outcome is going to be, so... Well, I think he could make them look better. If you uh, were tuned in before the season to all the football news, uh, Jay Gruden actually wanted Colt McCoy to start from the beginning of the year, but he had some complications with that broken leg, needed right. some extra surgeries, some more time to recover. So I do expect the Redskins to look better. However, I don't expect them to look good, better, but not good yeah yeah that pats d really makes it hard uh for any team to look really good against them especially a team like the redskins yeah definitely and then i am looking at something on the patriots side i'm looking at how they incorporate the fresh off suspension uh tight end ben watson ah. the patriots haven't they haven't been using hardly any tight ends in their offense 
at least to note, maybe for some blocking purposes and, and a catch here and there. But a lot of times they don't even have a tight end on the field, or if they do, he's he's almost irrelevant besides blocking. So now that they have a really competent pass-catching tight end, I'm curious to see if that offense goes to a little bit more of what they were using last year when they had Gronk. I know Ben Watson isn't Gronk, and they're not going to use the tight end to that level with Ben Watson, but I'm curious on how they get him involved now. Yeah, it's true. It's just another weapon for uh, for Tom Brady to use. You know, Watson has had some good games and some good seasons at the position, and uh, I think, you know, I guess adding a, adding a weapon onto this offense can only make it better, so... I agree. It'd be interesting to see what, if any, action he gets in the in the passing game. Exactly. So with that, I am going to go ahead and uh, take the low-hanging fruit here and take the New England Patriots. Wow, what a spicy take there, Tony. Are you going to pick the Redskins? No, no, no one in their right mind <laughs> would pick the Redskins after the way the Patriots defense has been playing and the Patriots as a whole have been playing. Have they given up an offensive touchdown yet this year? I don't think so. I think they did to Buffalo last week, didn't they? Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Yep. Correct. You're correct. Or no, wait. Buffalo, it was 13. No. It was. It was. It, it was 16 to 10. I know that. Okay. Um, the Patriots had a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown on the block. Um, yes, they did. Josh Allen had a rushing touchdown last week. Oh, so one offensive touchdown. So there it is. They gave up one. In four games. Um, but Keegan and I are both going to be taking the New England Patriots here, and we will move on to the next game. Yeah, long story short, Patriots are going to win. Let's move yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Saints are going to host the Buccaneers in an NFC South um, division rivalry game. And I am looking to see if... Teddy Bridgewater can continue to lead this team. They are currently ahead in the division. They're in first place in the NFC South. I think a lot of people expected them to not be as good without Drew Brees. And maybe the offense isn't, maybe it is. But Teddy Bridgewater's got them got them in position, got them at three and one. He's doing adequately. So I am excited to see if he can keep it going at home against a better-than-expected defense in Tampa Bay. Yeah, absolutely. I also had Teddy Bridgewater, but I also had the Saints defense. Um, The Saints defense, you know, they started out a little slow. They were giving up some big plays and some big scores, and then uh, they really came out last week and shut down what had been a very prolific uh, Dallas Cowboys offense to that point. So I really think... While Bridgewater, you know, he's been doing his part. I think that last week's win especially was a lot more of the defense shutting down Zeke and shutting down Dak and, like, not allowing that big play that the Cowboys have been getting. So um, I think at home, I think the Saints do play better at home, but I think they have a really tough task ahead of them stopping this suddenly high-flying Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. Yeah, I agree. And since we both kind of talked about Teddy Bridgewater, I'll bring something up about the Buccaneers here before we make our pick. I'm excited to see Ronald Jones. Uh, He's been playing better than last year so far this year. He's been getting the rock a little bit more. Uh, If you remember from last year, it was really Peyton Barber. And I think they're almost splitting at this point, um, roughly 50-50. But Jones has looked really good so far this season. He's not a pass catcher, but he's been efficient on the ground. I'm excited to see if they start to lean more and more on the 2018 second round pick at running back, Ronald Jones. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that the hallmark of an Arians offense is, of course, the passing, but he also really sure. knows how to utilize his running backs. And and of course, like you said, Ronald Jones is a second round talent. Um, he had a really bad year last year. It was a big surprise that they used Peyton Barber a lot more than him, as you said. But, you know, he made some changes in the offseason and he's come back. And like you said, the split has been 50-50, but I think it's been leaning Jones the last couple games. And okay. his efficiency is up. And I think as the as the year goes on, if he continues to have success, they're going to lean on him more and more. Um, 
yeah, the Bucks offense as a whole has been a really great surprise. It's whatever it's finally becoming what everyone expected with Bruce Arians as the head coach. While the Bucks definitely do look better than they did with Dirk Cutter as their head coach, I don't think it's going to be good enough to beat the Saints here. I'm going to take them in the Superdome at home. Very interesting. Um, I always like division games. It's a little bit of a toss-up, I feel. And I just, th- I just think the Bucks look so impressive against the Rams last week that I think they're going to take that momentum into Louisiana. And I have the Bucks with, I guess, an upset um, in, in New Orleans. This is definitely an upset. So I have the Saints and Keegan has the Buccaneers in an upset. And with that, we will be discussing my New York Giants, which are hosting the Minnesota Vikings. Keegan, I want to hear what you have to say first about this one. Well, I think um, I think in the case of Minnesota, I think all eyes are on that passing game. You know, you got two squeaky wheels going. You got Stefan Diggs, uh, you know, maybe or maybe not requesting a trade. You got Thielen talking up you got you know and Kirk Cousins has been silent about the whole thing and you know you just there's a lot of controversy there a lot of strife a lot of you know anger back and forth it sounds like and uh it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out you know a, a popular term in football is the squeaky wheel gets the grease so we'll see if they turn to a pass heavy attack I think they could be successful with that against the Giants their defense is not really anything to write home about this year and um, so yeah that'll be really interesting to see uh, if Kirk Cousins decides to start throwing the ball this week yeah I don't know what's going on with this offense but I did see contrary I think to what you said about Kirk Cousins being silent about the whole thing uh, I did see that he issued uh, Adam Thielen a public apology I guess for whatever that's worth. And uh, the note on Stefan Diggs, we don't even know if he's going to play tomorrow, according to Coach Zimmer. Um, I guess they fined him for missing a practice in a meeting. This supposedly isn't the first time he's done it. Uh, He's clearly frustrated with them. They're frustrated with him. So we'll have to see what happens. But I'm going to piggyback off of that to what I'm looking for. I'm looking at how the Giants' defense is going to game plan against these Vikings. Because they've been a run-heavy offense, because Dalvin Cook is currently, I believe, the best running back in football, um, I want to see how they're going to try to attack this offense, whether they're going to stack the box and say, hey, Kirk Cousins beat us, or if they're going to expect the Vikings, like you said, to maybe air the ball out a little bit more and play a little more conservative. I want to see what James Betcher is going to do with this defense and how they're going to try to attack this offense that can't seem to get it going through the air. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I've, I feel like um, it's it's going to be a really, really interesting game to watch. You have Daniel Jones on the end. You have, uh, you know, two two-and-two two teams, really. The Giants maybe surprisingly so. So it'll be interesting. I, I think the Vikings D might be the 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 linchpin, though. I think they might be the difference maker because they still have you know a solid D like they've had the last couple years. Um, but this one is a lot closer to a toss up than I think many thought it would be at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I, I will say that uh, Daniel Jones, his play is probably the real question mark in this game. This is his first you know big test. Uh, as far as facing like a tough top-notch defense goes so I'm interested to see how he plays and one more quick note on this game before we get to our picks I'm excited to see how the Giants um, involve Golden Tate now that he's back off of suspension he was the big wide receiver signing immediately after we traded Odell Beckham they paid him the big bucks I expect him to use I expect them to use him a lot I'm just curious on how yeah that's true you got another weapon back um and with that, you know, with that new quarterback, we, we shall see how the offense plays out. We shall. And I think that it's not the Giants offense is not going to be enough to beat this Vikings defense. The Vikings defense is probably the actual key to this game. As long as they can play well and do what they do, they're going to go ahead and march into MetLife and beat the Giants. And I think that probably happens. 
Yeah, yeah, like I said, it's a toss-up. It was a tough one at first, but I totally agree with you. The defense is the difference maker, and I do believe that the passing game for the Vikings, if it if it gets right, it's going to be with this game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next game here. This is the London game this week. This is the start of the London series. Ah. The Chicago Bears are technically the road team, and the Raiders are technically the home team. Though, I think it's being played in uh, Tottenham. Either way, it's somewhere in England. Um, let's see here. Keegan, discuss. I'm, I'm looking at... Um... I'm looking at the run game for the Raiders. I'm looking at Josh Jacobs. He started out, had a great first game, and he's kind of disappeared ever since then. Um, he had a lot of he had a lot of promise. You know, he was a high, high pick in the draft, and John Gruden said they were going to base the offense around him. And last week, they maybe surprisingly beat the Colts and put up some good numbers, but Jacobs wasn't really a part of that. And I'm just wondering where he is, why he isn't being featured as much lately. I know he had, you know, this like mystery illness around weeks two and three. Um, but I just really think that Gruden was very adamant about how they were going to run their offense through him and their tight ends. You know, Darren Waller, he's still balling out. But I'm just wondering where Jacobs is and if we're going to see him featured at all. And if it's even going to matter against the Bears' crazy, awesome defense. But travel also factors in. I did not know it was a London game. so uh, Yes, this is the first London game of the year. Travel is a great equalizer usually. So, um, I don't know. Maybe that Bears' defense is going to be a little tired, a little jet-lagged. We shall see what happens. But, yeah, I'm really looking at the Raiders' run game and uh, seeing what happens there. Yeah, this will be a good one. And I think uh, with Ty Tyrell Williams, excuse me, uh, he might not play from what I've heard and from what I've seen. And Taylor Gabriel is also out with a concussion. So now I'm talking about the Bears offense. Um, anyways, Tyrell Williams is out. Yeah, we'll talk about the Bears in a minute. Sorry about that. Um, so I think that they're going to have to rely a lot more on the run game, which is going to be Josh Jacobs, unless the Bears jump out to a huge lead, in which case they're just going to have to throw the ball. And though Josh Jacobs is a formidable pass catcher, they usually bring in Jalen Richard for that role. So I am also curious to see what happens with Josh Jacobs in this game. And now I will bring up my points on the Bears. Got a little ahead of myself there for the moment. Uh, I am curious. I'm curious about a couple of things. Uh, I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit and say that I want to see Khalil Mack ball out in his revenge game. First time he's going to be playing the Raiders since the trade last season. And I am also interested in seeing how much of a downgrade, if a downgrade at all, Chase Daniel is to Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, it's the Chase Daniel. It's the Chase show now in Chicago. Absolutely. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky hasn't been playing too well this season. He played well against the Redskins, but at this point, who hasn't really played well against the Redskins? Other than that, he's struggled a lot. So I want to see if they put the ball in Chase, Daniel hand, in Chase Daniel's hands or if maybe they're going to rely a lot more on the run game, which hopefully means David Montgomery. Because the pack or the Bears, excuse me, the Bears run offense has been quite a mystery so far. They've been using Cordero Patterson, a little bit Tariq Cohen, some Mike Davis. Um, but I want to see David Montgomery get going here. Yeah, the Bears run game has been a little bit of a head scratcher. But I think, if anything, that this Chase Daniel thing could really have Matt Nagy simplify the offense for him. And I think that could be a good thing because I feel like maybe he thinks Trubisky can do things he can't or he just gets caught up in his own cleverness. So I think that the Bears um, actually simplifying their game could be a good thing. Did Matt Nagy draft Mitch Trubisky? Or was that John Fox, I think, was the coach before Trubisky, or before Nagy? Yeah, I think Fox's last year was when they drafted Trubisky. Interesting. Okay, well, 
I don't know. Maybe he realizes this year that uh, Trubisky is not the quarterback for him, and they try to draft another one. But either way, I think that the Bears' offense is going to be plenty good enough to beat this Raiders team. Give me the Bears. The it, Bears. Yeah, the Bears with the defense. I mean, you got to pick them over pretty much any other struggling offense, and the Raiders are not exactly a special team so far. So, yeah, the Bears. Give me the Bears. Yes. Da Bears. Keegan, Keegan, you are going to lead our discussion on the Eagles and the Jets game since this is uh, your wheelhouse a little bit. So go ahead. Take it off. Take it over. Well, I don't think there's really much to talk about. Sam Darnold was the X factor for this game. Um, if he was cleared, I think it'd be a lot better of a game. But now that Luke Falk is the starter, uh, I think it should be a fairly one-sided affair. Should be because... The Eagles' pass defense is bad. I think everyone pretty much knows that. Our cornerbacks that we had weren't good, and they're being injured. You know, they're hurt. And um, so a lot of people say it's a gimme game, but I've seen in my day a time or two where a backup quarterback has come in and lit up the Eagles in a shootout and won the game. So I hate to say it. I remember one, you know, Matt Castle and the Vikings uh, came in and with Nick Foles, and it was a shootout, and the Vikings won. So I'm getting long-winded. I fully expect the Eagles to win this game, but um, the fact that it's such a one-sided affair kind of gives me a little bit of pause, but not enough pause to not pick the Eagles. So while you focused on the Eagles' defense versus the Jets offense, I'm going to go vice versa. Clearly, uh, Greg Williams and the Jets and really the whole world knows that the Jets are undermanned on offense in this game. So I think that this defense, or I should say, I want to see if this defense uh, plays a little more aggressive than normal, trying to throw the Eagles offense off rhythm, off balance and keep it a really low-scoring game to where maybe it's going to be, you know, a 12-10 a to 10 sort of game where the Jets may not need to get in the end zone, just get in field goal range, and then hold the Eagles' defense to – or hold the Eagles' offense to minimal points. So that's what I'm curious to see, especially since the Jets' defense is getting C.J. Mosley back this week, I believe. True. Uh, true. I want to see this Jets' defense be a lot – more aggressive than they have been that's a great point i mean that's a really great point i remember reading that they were getting some key pieces on their defense back and i mean it might just end up being like the browns game on monday night where the defense actually did do a really good job in shutting down the browns but they were out on the field so much that eventually they just wore down and obj took a long one to the house so Either way, I think the Eagles come out on top in this one. Yeah, with all of that said, not that it was a whole heck of a lot. Uh, I'm also going to pick the Eagles. I don't think it's going to be too much of a contest. Um, so, yeah, we both have Philly there. Go Birds. Uh, for, the sake of the, <laughs> for the sake of the record, uh, I'm rooting for the Eagles. That's hard. For, that's hard. Always. Anyway. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and move us on then. Uh, the Jaguars and the Panthers are playing against each other. Both two and two teams are going to be playing in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I am going to go ahead and start us off here. I want to see... Hmm, Keegan, I know pre-show we were talking about how you have some quarterbacks as your uh, kind of what you're looking for. So I'm going to go a little bit different here. And I want to see Curtis Samuel get more involved in this offense. I think DJ Moore is probably going to be covered by the number one corner, which this week is going to be AJ Bouvier, as Jalen Ramsey is going to be out with a back injury. Uh, so I want to see this team. Uh, obviously, they rely a lot on Christian McCaffrey. Um, Greg Olson has been a focal point as well in the passing game. We've heard all this talk preseason about how Curtis Samuel, this is going to be his year, he's going to break out. It hasn't really happened yet. I want to see him get more involved, take the top off this defense like people say he can, and have a big game. 
So Curtis Samuel, I think, might be the difference in this game if Kyle Allen can get it to him. Yeah, that was going to be the point I was going to make was... Oh, I mean, damn it. I, I tried to be different. I'm sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. your point was good. I'm just saying that <laughs> Kyle Allen was the point I was going to make. The Jags' mm. defense, even missing Ramsey, I still think they're a top three defense in the league. Um, and I, I think that Kyle Allen had a very rough game against a Texans defense that a lot of people didn't really think was all that coming into that game last week. So I think it's going to be a tough day for Kyle Allen. But that being said, the Panthers defense has also been playing really well lately. And the Jags have a backup quarterback in too. Now, granted, that backup is Gardner Minshew, who has taken the league by storm, as we've noted in previous episodes. But I do think that it's going to be a big test for Gardner, and it's going to be a big test for Kyle Allen. The battle of the backups, the battle of two two defenses that are playing really well, to see who comes out on top. I think that the key to this game, I guess kind of like I said with uh, Curtis Samuels, is going to be the big plays. Because both these defenses, like you said, are really stout. Both the offenses, they're not bad. They have backup quarterbacks, so they're you know not... I guess spectacular, but they're certainly not bad. They're trying to make I do. Right. Trying to make do. That that's a good way to put it. So I think the key to this game is who has the big play, or if they both have big plays, who has more big plays, I think is the key to this game. Uh for the Jags, just to touch on them for a moment, uh, for those Jaguars fans listening. Uh I think that the big play is going to probably come from Leonard Fournette. Just in sheer volume, he's bound to break one out. But like I was saying about the Panthers, uh, I think Curtis Samuels could have a big game. And that's why I'm going to go with the Panthers at home. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, this was a toss-up for me. Like I said, they're they're very equivalent across the board. But um, I'm going to go the other way. I have the Jags. I think that Minshew at this point has more experience than Kyle Allen and more magic and more it factor, as we've said over and over. And and I think the Jags D has the edge over the Panthers D, and I, I like the Jags for this one. I do think that both Kyle Allen and Gardner Minshew have played in three games in their NFL career so far. Because if Kyle Allen played in that season finale last year in Week 17. Interesting. So he actually has three starts. Well, Gardner Minshew only has two, though he did come in in the – no, he came in the first quarter of week one. Yeah, and so that's he started ever since. Okay, so yeah, I guess Gardner yeah. Minshew has three, three quarters. more quarters. <laughs> he has three quarters more experience over Kyle Allen, but Kyle Allen does have all of last year's preparation and stuff, so eh, maybe it's a wash. Yeah, probably um, a wash. <laughs> probably a wash. Um, and speaking of wash... This next game is against winless teams and is probably going to be a wash as a whole. The Cardinals and the Bengals are playing in Cincinnati. Um, I led the last game, so Keegan, let's see what you have to say first. Well, if 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 the last matchup was all about the defenses, then this matchup is probably going to be all about offense because neither team has much of a defense to speak of. Um, I think it's a get-right game for both teams in terms of offensive success and numbers. Um, there, there's not, there's, I mean, there's not much you have to do to be able to get right from last week for the Bengals. Uh, they couldn't do anything right last week, is what I was trying to say. And I think they're going to, you know, be a little more successful on that side of the ball. Um, the Cardinals, I think that Murray has done some good things so far um he does have christian kirk out i believe so it's gonna be a little bit of rough sledding there but i think he's still got plenty of weapons i think this is gonna be a shootout mainly because either team has very much defense going on and uh it's another toss-up for me but uh what are you looking for tony i am looking at the scoreboard I guess we're always kind of looking at the scoreboard. So let me elaborate a little bit. I'm looking at the scoreboard to be lit the hell up. Exactly. That's what I'm looking at. Uh, 
Neither one of these defenses is particularly great. I think this is a get-right game for both offenses, even though each team is missing a key receiver and the Bengals uh, with John Ross going on IR. And then as Keegan mentioned, Christian Kirk is missing the game for the Cardinals. But I do think that the Cardinals have probably the better playmakers, I'll say. Um, and the quarterback, I'm going to give the edge to probably Kyler Murray, just because I'm not an Andy Dalton fan. Uh, I like the still kind of unknown and the growth that Kyler Murray can, um, I guess, display. In the wide receivers, I'm going to go with the Cardinals because Larry Fitzgerald is better than Tyler Boyd. And for the running backs, David Johnson is better than Joe Mixon. So, give me the Cardinals. Yeah, I I stacked it up exactly like you did, and I think the Cardinals have the edge here. And I think, yeah, I think they ball out. I think Cliff Kingsbury brings the rain and the air raid and all that good stuff. And and um, I like them to win a high-scoring affair in Cincinnati. I, who oh, what was I going to say? I've picked the Cardinals to win three out of the first four weeks. And they haven't yet. So maybe it's not a good thing for the Arizona that I'm picking them. But I, I really think that they're finally going to get their first win here. Yeah, the law of averages is probably on your side for that one. I hope so. I thought that for the uh, Thursday night game this week, but uh, still Greg the dead leg first win there. Right, Greg the dead leg. Looking forward, I'll probably get my first win on Thursday night football next week. But I will digress. We will be talking all about that on Tuesday, and right now we are going to be talking about the Bills and the Titans playing in Nashville, Tennessee. I want to see Taylor Lewan make a difference in this game. Uh, the Titans are getting their left tackle, I believe he plays back, from suspension. I think that bodes very well for this offense as a whole, but especially Derrick Henry. I expect this game to be low-scoring and close. And in close, low-scoring games, the Titans feed Derrick Henry, and I fully expect that to happen this week. Yeah, um, I agree, too. I think that Derrick Henry is the difference-maker. Um, Josh Allen is expected to play. Um, he's yes, concussion past the concussion protocol. protocol. Yeah, so I think he should be fine. Um, you know, Josh Allen versus Marcus Mariota, um, it's a tough one, um, almost a wash. But Mariota, you know, he'll ball out and then he'll come and give you a stinker. Much like you with the cards, I feel like every time I pick the Titans to win, they lose and vice versa. Haven't had much luck with the Titans. But that being said, um, yeah, two good defenses, two offenses just trying to make stuff happen. And, yeah, I think that Derrick Henry will be the difference here, and I'm going to go with the Titans. Yeah, um, looking at both offenses, I think the defenses are a wash. Let me start there. The defenses are definitely a wash. They're both really good defenses going up against offenses that really aren't that great. So I think that Eric Henry is probably outside of the quarterbacks, I guess, uh, even maybe including the quarterbacks. I think Derrick Henry is probably the best offensive player going in this game. And that is why I am also leaning with the Titans to win a tight, low-scoring game at home. Watch Frank Gore be the difference because you had to slight Frank Gore. Oh, Frank Gore is a Hall of Famer, don't get me wrong. But at this point in his career, I'm taking uh, Derrick Henry over Frank Gore. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Texans-Falcons up next. The Falcons are going to look to right the ship here uh, against a Texans team that is middling at the moment. Keegan, what say you about this game? Well, right now, I'm just looking at the Falcons. Um, it's a battle of two pretty bad offensive lines. Um, the Texans, you know, have have given up a ton of sacks the Falcons you know they can't get anything going and last year the Falcons could blame all the defensive uh injuries but this year I mean I guess they lost Keanu Neal again which is a, yeah he's which out is again shame. for the whole year the whole year yeah it's a shame there but I think 
this year it's just the offense. You know, the offense can't get anything going. And for all these weapons that they have, and it comes down to the offensive line. So, you know, a battle of two really poor offensive lines. Uh, something's got to give. But that being said, could the Falcons just be a bad team? I, I don't know. They, they just blow my mind because you're used to the Falcons being in the playoff conversation, all that stuff, every year. And then last year they had the poor showing. This year they're right back they're right back where they were last year. So um, I don't know. It's a puzzler. It's a head-scratcher. Um, and I'm not really sure. What are you looking for in this game, Tony? So I'm looking at two offensive players, one on each team. Um, one current superstar, one maybe borderline superstar, maybe lost that superstar tag uh, over the past year or so. Uh, the superstar I'm looking at is DeAndre Hopkins. He's had a few uh, not DeAndre Hopkins-like games. I fully expect him to get back on track, but I'm excited to see uh, how he does that and how the Texans try to make try to make him, I guess, more of a difference than he's been in the past couple of games. And then on the Falcon side, you probably guessed, I'm looking at Devonta Freeman square in the eyes and saying, you need to wake up. You are, at this point, it seems like Devonta Freeman is really the cog to this Falcons offense. And I, I know you're going to say, well, Tony, they're one in three and he hasn't done a damn thing. That's my point. If they can't, if they can't run the ball, then defenses know to key in on Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Austin Hooper. They're not going to stack the box. They're going to drop, you know, seven, eight players every, every time. And it's not going to matter because Devonta Freeman can't get it going. I think he needs to be the cog or the key or whatever you want to call it that makes this offense go. And he needs to step up, and if he does, I think the Falcons are going to win. But I don't—I just don't know. I don't know if he does. Yeah, it's—it's it's really tough to say because, as I said, that offensive line just can't block for anything. Austin Hooper's been feasting because Matt Ryan has no time for Ridley and Julio to let their routes develop, and uh, the Texans front—you know—with with JJ Watt started out pretty bad without Clowney but they've you know they've righted the ship a little bit so Freeman does have to get going for this offense to work but I don't know if I see it happening here yeah I'm not sure if I do either um I would like to say that it does but I'm gonna take the Texans at home at the end of the day I think that they have a more well-rounded offense despite the poor offensive line and Keegan, before you make your pick, I did want to note something about the Falcons' offensive line. Uh, yes, they're bad, which is shocking to me because they used two first-round picks on offensive linemen. I knew that they're rookie offensive linemen, but still, I, I, I don't think it takes offensive linemen as long to adjust to the NFL as some other positions. I'm certainly no offensive line expert, so that take could be very wrong, but... I just don't I don't get it over there. Um, but with that said, uh, give me the Texans here. Yeah, and I would have to agree. Um, I think that the Falcons are again very dinged up on 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 their defense. I think that losing Keanu Neal was a huge blow for them, and I think that Watson and Hopkins especially gets right, and the passing offense for the Texans balls out, and that they win one easily. All right, so Keegan and I both agree on the Texans beating the Falcons, and we will see if we agree on the next game, which is going to be in Pittsburgh, where the Steelers are going to host the Baltimore Ravens in an AFC North showdown. Yes, one of my favorites. Love these games. I want to see the Ravens lock in Mark Ingram in this game. Okay. I want to see them feed him a lot. I think that could be a big, big advantage for them because uh, then that's going to open up the play and pass and, you know, some options with, with Lamar Jackson. I think that Mark Ingram is definitely the key to this Ravens offense. And, he, I mean, he's played well all year, 
but I think that they're going to really need to feed him the rock in order to uh, beat what a lot of people probably see as a downtrodden Steelers team. But despite the fact that the Steelers are downtrodden or not, this is an AFC North matchup against the hated foe, the Ravens, so they always step it up in this game. Yes, absolutely. And honestly, my key to the game is just the game itself. It's one of my favorite sports rivalries in all sports. I love Steelers-Ravens. It's always a little heightened. It's always a little physical. It's always a little messy. Um, And a little bit of history here. This is the first time in 17 years that a Steelers-Ravens game has had no Ben Roethlisberger and no Joe Flacco in it. So that's a little that's a little bit of history for you. That's pretty cool. We got the young guns. We got Lamar Jackson. We got uh, Mason Rudolph. We got James Conner. We got Mark Ingram. Um, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a hard-nosed game. Um, I can't wait. This is probably the first time in a while that this rivalry hasn't had Terrell Suggs in it either. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Long-tenured Raven. I could I could see that. I could um, see that being accurate it, as well. Is this a new look uh, for this old rivalry? It certainly seems that way. Um, Keegan, do we need to have anything else to say, or do we want to go ahead and make our picks here? Uh, what else is on your mind, if anything? Um, a little bit about the Steelers. Um, a lot of people noted their game plan against the Bengals last week was very interesting. A lot of short. That's the Wildcat. Extreme short passes, utilizing the running backs almost 100%, both Connor and Samuels. Um, not really looking down the field at all, except for that one long uh, touchdown pass to Deontay Johnson. Um, and I really think they were playing the long game. I think that that was um, sort of a strategy to get defenses to maybe think that Rudolph can't ball. And I think that maybe they're going to open it up a little bit in this game. I'll be interested to see. I think that Juju might just have a big game for the Steelers. I think they're going to look down the field a lot more because the defense is going to be keying on those short passes on the wildcat on those running back options um but again that's just a guess um they could just have the same game plan as last week uh we will have to wait and see to find out we certainly will but with all of that said i am gonna go with the ravens on the road i just think that they have the they have more offensive firepower the defense is still really good despite you know, losing some pieces in in uh, the offseason as well as to injury. I just think that the Ravens are too talented of a team to lose this game. And I, like any other great division rivalry pick them, will go with the other team. I think that Pittsburgh looked to get right last week, and they did so, and I believe that they roll that momentum over this week, and they come out guns a-blazing, and I think Pittsburgh wins one. Okay, interesting. And before we jump into the two four o'clock games, I just wanted to uh, update everybody on my tie of the week, game of the week, and upset of the week, because we have actually passed all of them, and I failed to mention it at the time. So we're going (laughs) to go back. My game of the week is going to be the Saints-Bucks. I think that's going to be a really good game, better than people expect, though I did pick the Saints. My upset of the week is going to be the Cardinals over the Bengals, as the Bengals are favored by three at home. So I did pick the Cardinals. I'll put my money where where my mouth is, and that'll be my upset of the week. And then as far as the tie of the week goes, I'm going to give it to the Titans and the Bills. As we discussed, it's going to be a low-scoring, close game. So close that I think it'll be decided by uh, two points or less, to be honest. So that'll be my tie of the week. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I like it. Nice. Very interesting, Tony. Some good picks. All right. And now we will move on to the 4 o'clock games. There's only two of them this week. At 4.05, we've got the uh, L.A. Chargers hosting the Denver Broncos in an AFC West clash. And I will take the low-hanging fruit here, and I want to see how they start to incorporate Melvin Gordon back into this offense. If he's going to have his same role, if they're going to lean more on Austin Eckler. I know that they're going to slowly bring Melvin Gordon back, but I want to see how slowly they do. And I want to see that if this offense gets in a little bit of trouble, if they don't just kind of bring Melvin Gordon back full on at some point in this game. 
Yeah, I think everyone is anxious to see that after a unsuccessful holdout. Melvin Gordon is back behind center as the running back for the Los Angeles Chargers. But the coaches are on record as saying that Austin Eckler will still be used a lot. Melvin Gordon would be worked in. Um, obviously, you know, he hasn't he hasn't played yet this year, so that's probably the smartest thing. So, yes, I agree it'll be interesting to see that. I am looking at the run game on the other side, actually. Um, the Chargers... Lindsey and Freeman. Yes. Yeah, Phil Lindsey and Royce Freeman. The, the Chargers defense has, in the last couple years, been pretty easy to run on, I believe. So, um, I think if the Broncos can, you know not force Joe Flacco to do too, too much. Um, the corners for the Chargers are really good. Their pass defense has been really good. So I think that they need to get that run game going with that two-headed monster back there. Phil Lindsay, uh, Royce Freeman, two really good running backs. Just get them rolling, and um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I think that with Melvin Ingram – possibly missing this game the defensive end for right. the for the chargers this could be the game for them to get that run game going however i i just don't see it happening and i'm gonna go ahead and take the chargers here at home yeah yeah i i am too i think it's gonna be maybe a closer game than most people think but the broncos defense is a little dinged up they they just lost um who is it chubb for the season yeah Bradley Chubb is out for the year with a torn ACL yeah unfortunate as always um but yeah I, I do believe the Chargers are gonna are gonna really enjoy having their star running back behind center and I think he's gonna be the difference and the Chargers take one here all right so we will move on to what is being called America's game of the week which always seems to be the Cowboys isn't that funny yeah, it's funny. America's team, blah, blah, blah. The Cowboys and the Packers down there in Dallas-Fort Worth. This is going to be a fun game. I want to see Aaron Jones in a featured role with Devontae Adams out, with Jamal Williams out. They're clearly missing their best offensive player, as well as their backup slash, I think the Packers probably consider Jamal Williams almost a co-starter with the way that they just want to have an RBBC, the running back by committee there. So I think that Aaron Jones is probably going to be the main offensive contributor here outside of Aaron Rodgers, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Packers would be wise to try to lean on their run game in this one. Um with the absence of Devontae Adams, I'm actually looking at another player on the Packers and actually a, a little battle here going on, the battle of the tight ends, the older, the veteran tight ends. We got Jimmy Graham Ooh. on one side. We got Jason Witten on the other side, freshly back from retirement and right back into that, you know, safety valve role, that high catch role, that first down role that he popularized. Um, it'll be interesting to see because last week against the Eagles, uh, the, the the Packers really started to utilize Jimmy Graham a lot more, um, and I think that they will continue to do so here. I think he still has a little left in the tank, and, you know, I think that the Packers have a talented uh, defensive front. I think they have a couple talented cornerbacks. So I think that Dak will have to lean on Jason Witten in this game as well. So it'll be it'll be fun to watch, you know, these two older, you know, veteran guys go at it and, you know, try to make something happen. So you're looking at the tight ends here and I'm looking at Aaron Jones. Uh any idea who comes out victorious here, Keegan? Uh It's in Dallas, so Give me the upset. Give me the Packers. Give me Aaron Rodgers over Dak Prescott. Yeah, give me Green Bay. This game was tough for me to pick. Um, all week I had Green Bay locked in. Uh, and then I really kind of thought about it. And I just don't see them being able to move the ball enough without 
Devontae Adams. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Packers to bounce back after last week's tough loss and get the win at home. Give me the Cowboys. Okay, you said Packers first and then Cowboys, so just to clarify. Cowboys. Cowboys. Taking the Cowboys. Cowboys, Cowboys. Right, 100%. First football takes is taking the Cowboys. I apologize about the confusion. (laughs) Give me a Dallas if I didn't make that clear enough now. Wow, choosing the Eagles to win and the Cowboys to win, but not the Giants to win. How does it feel? It hurts, but, you know, uh, I've got to separate my picks from reality. Uh, I will be happy to lose both of those games as well as losing on the Giants game, meaning the Giants win. But I try to take the smart picks here. Think with your head, not your heart, right? And with that, we will go to the primetime games. We will start out with Sunday night as makes sense chronologically. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs home in Arrowhead, and they will be taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Absolutely. Discuss, Keegan. It's your turn to talk. Okay. Um, (laughs) I'm looking at Jacoby Brissett. He has turned a lot of heads. Frank Reich has done a wonderful job retooling this offense in light of Andrew Luck's retirement for Jacoby Brissett and his talents. He's the only quarterback with multiple passing touchdowns in every game so far this season. The Chiefs' D is nothing to write home about, and I believe his biggest weapon, T.Y. Hilton, will be on the field for this game. So I, ugh, everyone picks the Chiefs. The Chiefs are great. Everyone knows the Chiefs are great, but I'm having a really hard time because I just like the Colts. I like the way they play. I always have. Jacoby Brissett is showing something to the masses, and yeah, he's really impressed me. He's impressed a lot of people. Marlon Mack is in question, and that's going to be a big um, issue as well, and yeah, it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a lot closer than most people are going to give it credit for. This could be a close game. Uh, I'm honestly, I'm just really excited to see this um, Chiefs offense and Patrick Mahomes get back to work. They didn't have that great of a game last week against Detroit, even though they won. So I'm excited to see them light it up at home in prime time against even what is a good defense. But I don't think it matters how good of a defense. The Chiefs face, they can light anybody up. I fully expect that to happen. I'm going to take the Chiefs 34-24. Yeah, I, I really wanted to pivot there. But, you know, like we just said, think with your brain and not your heart. I love the Colts. I love Jacoby. I love Frank Reich. I think he's a genius. But give me, I love them all, too. Yeah. But uh, give me the young phenom. Pat Mahomes at home. Give me the Chiefs in prime time. Don't sound so dejected about that, Keegan. That's, That's a toss-up. A... That might be my tie of the week. Almost upset, whatever Ooh. you want to call it. But, yeah, I'm on record with the Chiefs. All right. So, with that, we will move on to the final game of the week. This is going to be the San Francisco 49ers and the Cleveland Browns. Playing in... I th- don't they play in Santa Clara, the um, the 49ers, even though they're called San Francisco? Yes. Yeah, they definitely are not located in San Francisco. Yeah, I just looked it up. They do play in Santa Clara. Interesting. Either way, the thing that I am going to be looking for in this game is the San Francisco 49ers defense. The Browns offense, conversely, has been struggling for most of the season. They did play very well last week, and maybe they maybe they got uh, things corrected over there. But this San Francisco defense has very quietly been one of the best defenses in football so far. I want to see how they play a team that has Odo Beckham Jr., who is clearly just one of the top, if not the top receiver in football. Uh, Jarvis Landry, who is probably, arguably, uh, 
the best number two receiver in football. If anything, he's top three or four um, number two receiver in football. The Browns also have Nick Chubb, who can really just take a game over, as he's proven last week, even against a really good defense. So I'm excited to see how San Francisco tries to bottle up the Cleveland Browns offense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have been super impressed with the San Fran defense on the other side of the ball. Um, I think they're big reason why they're still undefeated. Obviously, the bye week helped with that as well, the early bye. Um, for what I'm looking at, I'm just wondering here, which team is legit? You know, you have all the offseason hype on the Browns. Obviously, we've noted that. Everyone's noted that. They came out. They're 2-2, two and two, I believe. A L- little bit scuffling, but they've righted the ship. You know, in a couple games, um, the Niners three and zero looks like they're finally what we wanted them to be when Kyle Shanahan took over that team. Jimmy G's looking good. The three-headed monster in the run game is good. They might have Tevin Coleman back this week, probably next week. I'm not sure if he's that ready yet. But um, either way, they've been wow, really making it happen on the ground, and. Yeah, which team is legit is what I'm really interested in wondering. Oh, so while I picked uh, the San Francisco defense as my most interesting thing to watch in this game, Keegan is keeping an eye out for uh, which hype is real. Correct. I like that. I like that, Keegan. That's a, that's a very interesting point, and I guess we'll find out on Monday night. But now comes the time, Keegan. Whose hype do you think is real? You know, I'm going to go with the Niners here. Um, I always say that the defenses are always, you know, the X factor. I've said that a couple times today already. And I think the Niners defense is for real. I think they are legit. And I love the run game. I love running games and, you know, the defenses. They always win championships. And I think the Niners have a good formula going. And I think they take it. I don't I still don't know who to pick. <laughs> well, the time has come. I know. If I didn't if I try if I uh didn't pick primetime games for my like um or if I did pick primetime games as part of my tie of the week, game of the week and upset of the week, uh this really might have been my game of the week. I think this game is going to be fantastic. Uh, to be completely honest with you, uh, I guess it's time filibuster, to decide. Filibuster, filibuster, filibuster. I know. I use that word a lot on this show. I do it a lot on this show. Um, it's a great word. Should be used more, other than in <laughs> politics. Um, speaking of politics. No, we won't. Uh, we'll no, save that for the. We'll save that. We'll save that for the political show uh, coming out in a year or so. Anyway, how about less politics and more make your pick? Oh, I'm struggling. Like what is going on? <laughs> I'm just struggling here, um, man. Can we record a Sunday night show so I could have another day to think about this one here? No, Tony. No, we can't, huh? All right. Well, in that case, I will not tinker. I will go with who I have locked in. And that's going to be the San Francisco 49ers. I don't really know why. I don't know why. Um, I'm going to end it there before I change my mind. You sound just as enthused as I was about picking the Chiefs. <laughs> just like, uh, I really want to pick the other team, but I know I shouldn't. So, uh, See, I don't even know if it's that like I shouldn't pick the Browns. I don't know why I picked the Niners. I don't know. I don't know look, why. You know what? They look good. Keegan, I'm flopping. Give me the Browns. I'm doing it. I changed my mind. Oh, Officially my pick- God. Officially picking Cleveland, folks. Officially picking Cleveland. Forget what I said before. The Brownies. Judges, do we are we allowing that on this show? Do we allow a flop? Uh, he's the host. He can do whatever we want. Yep, we allow <laughs> it. I was going to say, I, I'm looking at my 
Katz as our judges here, and they are both not paying attention. We put them to sleep. In so favor. <laughs> that means that they are going to vote in favor of their dad. I'm going to take the Browns. I feel a lot better about that. I think that was the right decision. I feel much better about myself now that I picked Cleveland. Um, so, yeah. Before we wrap the show, Keegan, I thought of a really interesting question to ask you. All right. Go ahead. So, with the Bengals at 0-4 at this point, not looking like they're going to be competitive, almost looking like they should probably... Excuse me, had a little too much beer already today. Um, almost looking like they are going to really kind of start a rebuild or should start a rebuild. Uh, the big question is what happens with AJ Green? Do you think that the Bengals keep him or trade him at some point? And if they do trade him, where do you think he goes? Well, I think the big issue with A.J. Green is we need to see him back on the field. I know there's been a lot of talk, a lot of thought, a lot of theories that he might be so banged up he might do another, you know, Andrew Luck or something. He's had the recurring foot issues the last couple of seasons. And um, I think first and foremost, we do just need to see him back out there first, that he could still be the A.J. Green. But I do agree, if the Bengals are, are going to continue on this really, really – bad stretch this downward trajectory i think that they are going to move away from andy dalton and aj green oh andy dalton's gone at the end of this season yeah absolutely i'm glad we agree on that but aj green like i said i think it all just depends if he can show if he has anything left in the tank if he can come back healthy but if he does i do think they move on from him they have tyler boyd they have auden tate they have john ross they have i mean three receivers in theory that should be pretty good you know tate's flashed a little bit ross flashed earlier this season boyd was really good last year um so yeah i do think they move on as to where he goes i'm not really sure whoever has a need for it um i don't really have anyone in mind right now but yeah i I do think they will move on from from aj green and andy dalton if they continue to be this crappy i yes uh, I think it'd be smart for them, too, if they can get something worthwhile. Uh, AJ Green still has that big name, that superstar tag, and I do still think he has the ability to play. And I think that he, and maybe I thought of it just because we were talking about this team, but I think that he goes to San Francisco. Uh, this team is clearly trying to prove that they're for real. They're 3-0 at the moment. The defense is looking good. They're lacking a number one receiver, so I think that Mike Shanahan... Uh, he's been looking to kind of make a splash. He was in on Odell Beckham Jr. They didn't get him. Rumor has it they were in on A.B. He says they weren't. Who knows? They were also in on trying to get Melvin Gordon, I believe. Or maybe I just think they should have been. But he's been trying to make a splash. Uh, so I think that A.J. Green would be a great fit in San Francisco. Yeah, I actually really like that. You know, their wide receiver core has a bunch of younger guys that haven't really jumped out from each other you know they all kind of blend together I think you know Pettis and Samuel and Goodwin you know they all have flashed in their own right but yeah I think they could use that veteran wide receiver one to really like make them gel and to be another weapon for Jimmy G I yeah I, I could agree yeah absolutely yeah I think San Francisco is the best fit for him um, so yeah, I guess Keegan, do you have any burning questions you want to ask me before we uh, close out the show? Anything exciting? No, not really anything that I could think of. Although with more forewarning, I might have, that could be a good way to close <laughs> the, uh, the show, you know, a question, a burning question. Right. Example. No, that's fine. Like I said, I, I kind of, I was thinking about it over the past couple days. I think that no, I don't think we discussed it on the fourth and gold episode that I was on. Um, I feel like I was talking about it with somebody somewhere. Unless it was just me in my own head, which <laughs> is not unlikely. So, okay. Either way, it sounds like we've spoken enough, maybe too much about football for one episode. And uh, with that, we shall um, say our goodbyes. Yes, sir. Just one other thing. Uh, 
The intro and outro music that you're probably hearing right now and you heard at the beginning of the episode is uh, brought to you by my band, Shots Called. We're trying out some new intro music. Uh, hope you like it. Uh, check us out on on Bandcamp. That's shotscalled.bandcamp.com. And we also have one of our EPs up on Spotify and iTunes, uh, wherever you can hear music, YouTube, all that good stuff. So we're trying it out. Hope you like it. Let us know. And that just about wraps it up. I think we're good. Okay. Um, yeah, I suppose that's it. So there's probably some music playing now. Um, do whatever Keegan just said. And with that, we hope you enjoy your Sunday and we love some fucking football. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. We love football. Thanks, Ollie. We're going to get these kinks ironed out. Goodbye.